It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies. We are here on KTXW 101.1 FM and 11.20 AM, The Bridge, Austin. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. It is great to have you with us today on this beautiful morning. And a big thank you to our producer today, Dave. Um, He's filling in for Gavin right now, and we're so blessed and thankful to have him make us sound better than we deserve. That is for sure. Sure. <laughs> good morning, Marlene. How are you today? I am good. I didn't uh, have to drive in. I rode with you, so Yay! that was nice. <laughs> that was nice, wasn't it? Yes. It's always great when we get to ride together because we get to catch up. Yes. 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 <laughs> in between programs. Yes. <laughs> and and the listeners probably don't know, but my last trip into Austin was a little bit of a disaster. I, I hit a, uh, a buck, a deer on the way in. In, and so um, that wait, 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 let's clarify. He hit you, Marlene. Yes, he did. I never even saw him, and it was it was a shock. All of a sudden, your entire windshield there's a huge thump, and your entire windshield shatters in your face. And I just say, well, he just wanted to give me a kiss. So, <laughs> but well, he, <laughs> uh, it was a little more than a kiss. It was, yeah. um, it was like a headbutt. You, I cannot believe this, God divinely protected you because your your windshield was completely shattered you had glass all over you but there's literally not a scratch on you not a scratch i mean had his hoof come in or had he gone through the car instead of over it um yeah i would be messed up but um i'm very grateful and um she had a few tears for the deer because i don't i love animals (laughs) (laughs) but I, I, I really did. I was just so I was, I was so upset about the deer. Not to mention that this was the second car I had messed up in a month. I, it, it was a rental, so um, my insurance company loves me. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Well, I am grateful that you are okay um, because that is very scary. Yes, Kathy, I was not. I, I, I was not scheduled to do radio with you guys that day, and it was you and Kathy. And then all of a sudden, you were incapacitated on the side of the road. Yeah, I'm, I'm texting Kathy and said, call me ASAP. Call me <laughs> So her sweet husband, Eric, filled in last week. And my mom immediately called me when she was listening to the program. She's like, wait, wait a minute. Where are you, honey? You're not on radio. <laughs> and so um, anyhow, we're grateful to Eric for filling in. We're grateful that you are okay. And we are missing Kathy today, um, our sweet friend, as we speak is um, speaking to a conference of women in New Mexico, and she is bringing her expertise on all things prayer. We're so grateful for Kathy. Um, She is just such a a wonderful friend and um, so knowledgeable and loves the Lord, and I just want to pray blessings over her conference today because I know that Many, many lives can be changed, will be changed, and that the Lord will be glorified. Um, I just want to ask you today, friends, how are you finding Jesus today in your every day? You might be home with your little ones and there's Legos and you just stepped on one and that's painful. Um, But when you look at those sweet little faces, um, you know, how are you finding Jesus? You might be um, single and listening to this podcast on your walk today. And 
looking around. How are you finding Jesus today? Um, I'm excited because in the next few weeks, we're just going to be talking about that. How, how are we finding Jesus in our everyday? And I'm especially excited about our program today. Um, one of my absolute favorite guests is here today, and our mentor, our friend, the First Lady of Love, called her Dr. Doctor. And so <laughs> that's a little teaser for you. Our longtime Love Talk listening friends will know this guest very, very well. But Marlene, I tell you what, I'm excited about what's to come in our next few weeks um, of, of spring as we finish up kind of spring and move into summer and I tell you what you better set your alarms for 10 o'clock every day grab your coffee grab your grab your favorite drink and text your friends email your people put it on Facebook put it on Twitter because the love ladies are here (laughs) amen right so um, we've got a great program today long-term marriages pain-filled or joy-filled Finding Jesus in our marriage every day. That's going to be our topic today. Well, Marlene, what's going on in your world besides hitting a deer? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've had, you know, talk about finding Jesus. We've had some family issues with uh, health. And uh, so I have spent an enormous amount of time in the prayer closet. And mm. um, that has been uh, a blessing and also very all-consuming yeah. uh, in many respects. But mm. uh, the news is good, and my brother is recovering. And so um, we are very happy about that. Uh, in fact, um, today, uh, oh, I'm sorry, last week, um, I don't know what day it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. But we're celebrating my youngest great niece's first birthday as a family. And so we're excited about that. That's super fun. Mm -hmm. Youngest great niece. That. That's awesome. First birthday. First birthdays are so cute. So, you know, I don't have grandchildren, and so uh, I have to adopt all of my greats in order to uh, really enjoy uh, the young young child in the growth process. That's that's amazing, though, that you have the little ones around. Well, for me, you know, we are college visit after college visit with Logan. Um, so blessed. He has uh, four offers right now to play college basketball, and um, we are just kind of taking our last couple of visits, um, and then he has to make a decision. And so we're just praying fervently over this decision that he would find a place where he can um, – glorify God, number one, and use his talents and abilities in a way that does glorify God and find a place where he really feels comfortable So and get a great education on top of it. Mm-hmm. So we are excited for his journey. And my sweet Mackenzie, I, I literally just got off the phone with her. And she's finishing up her first year at Lipscomb University, and I'm so proud of her, Um, and she is going to be embarking on an amazing journey uh, in May. She's going to be doing the Camino de Santiago. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. I can't even pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a pilgrimage in Spain, walking from one side of Spain that starts basically at the border of France and Spain in the Pyrenees Mountains, and then you trek 500 kilometers across Spain on a pilgrimage with a backpack and walking shoes. 
that's what you take. And wow. so she has graciously allowed me to join her for the last 100 kilometers. So there will be a period in May where I am not here on Love Talk because I'm taking my first journey Overseas, wow. I am so excited. I can't even hardly stand it. Been overseas many times, but Spain is still on my bucket list. Uh, well, this is my first journey, and I hope to start filling up that passport. So um, I need to take a page out of your book and Marlene, uh, Kathy's book. Well, Marlene, let's get into it. Let's introduce Dr. Carol. All right. Dr. Carol describes herself, and, and by the way, her name is Dr. Carol Tansley. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Dr. Carol describes herself as a rescued, thriving, joyful human being because of Jesus. She love. She believes you can experience that kind of transforma- form, transformation tool. She has personally experienced how God can take everything and miracul- miraculously transform it into growth, meaning, and joy. For Dr. Carol, that included past years of mental and emotional torment and then the journey of grief after her loving husband's death. Professionally, she's an author, speaker, personal coach, licensed OB. GYN position and an ordained doctor of ministry. And that's why she's doctor, doctor (laughs) on our show. That's right. She has practiced medicine as an OBGYN physician and reproductive endocrinologist for over 29 years. And while continuing to practice medicine, she also obtained a master of divinity and then a doctor of ministry from Oral Roberts University focusing on Christian leadership. Dr. Carroll recognizes the struggle to help to find help in church for thorny issues such as broken relationships, issues around sex or sexuality, uh, mental and emotional problems, and toxic religion. She is privileged to help people find the transformation Jesus offers in those areas so they can experience the fully active life he came to bring. Dr. Carol hosts a podcast called Relationship Prescriptions with Dr. Uh, and uh, pr- Relationship Prescriptions with Dr. Carol. That's the title. And she's done so many other things. I'm going to let her talk about that <laughs> as I'm being tongue-tied today. But welcome, Dr. Carol. Thank you for being here on Love Talk. Well, Carrie and Marlene, it is a real privilege. Um, I, I love being on this program with the Love Ladies. I have to say, Carrie, the Camino Santiago. Yes. Uh, have you done it? One day, no. Oh, okay. One day, that is on my bucket list. Oh. I have heard from some who have done it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just hearing about that, okay, you, you walk a long time. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really a spiritual pilgrimage. It is. That mm-hmm. the people who go on this pilgrimage are seeking a seeking a life with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody I talk to who has uh, experienced it, they, there is something special that, that God does wow. on that journey. I am so excited to hear you say that because that's the reason my daughter wants to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, she is she's only 19 and she's going to do 400 miles of this by herself or 400 kilometers by, by herself. And that's scary as a mom, right? Yep. But when she talks about it and she's done so much research and she knows all the history and the missions that she wants to visit and why she's doing this, I'm so 
incredibly impressed with her. Well, friends, when we return to Love Talk, we will have more with Dr. Carol. And our topic actually today for the bulk of our program is about marriage. Is your marriage pain-filled or is it joy-filled? We're going to hear from our our resident expert, Dr. Carol. She's going to give us some great advice and talk us through some hard hard things, friends. And so you're going to want to join us after our break from our amazing sponsors, and we'll be right here with you on Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies. Coach Carrie Brinkader here with my beautiful and talented co-host, Marlene McMichael, and in studio with Dr. Carol Tanksley. She's one of our favorite guests. She has her own podcast. I mean, we've got the expert in residence today. If you don't know Dr. Carol's podcast, you can find her on any of your favorite places to find podcasts where you find our podcast, Love Talk. Um, You can find Dr. Carol's podcast, Relationship Prescriptions, with Dr. Carol. Just a a few of her topics um, recently that she's had, The Mystery Behind Sex, Non-Toxic Christian Masculinity. That was a fantastic program, Dr. Carol. Holy cow. Your Heart After Betrayal, Sex Ed Reclaimed, Dr. Carol's answers to your toughest questions about marriage and y'all so much more. I mean, you can download podcasts for hours and listen to Dr. Carol and just get all of her wisdom. Dr. Carol, again, thank you so much for being here. Today, our topic is long-term marriages. I have just experienced this recently, Dr. Carol. You know, I've been married 27 years. I think that's right. Um, Honey, sorry if you're listening. I I think that's right. Um, And... What we start to see with our friends around us and our acquaintances is marriages are falling apart. Yes. Long-term, 25-plus year marriages, and people are looking at each other going, okay, kids are out of the house. Peace out. Yep. I'm gone. Yep. Right? And you hear on a daily basis from men, women, and couples who are struggling in their marriage. There's conflict. There's lack of intimacy, poor communication, frankly, apathy, right? And when your marriage is troubled... It literally affects every other area of your life. So, Dr. Carol, when a couple who's been married 15, 20, 25 years gets divorced, what what the heck is going on? What could be some of the reasons why this is happening? Yeah, it, it's a big deal. And I agree with you to see the number of Christian marriages yes. even. Yes. Um, and, and let's just be clear. Um, there truly is a difference that following that following Jesus makes, but it is not showing up at church an hour on Sunday. Mm -hmm. It has to be the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be clear as we start that we are talking about marriages between people who say they are following Jesus, Mm -hmm. at least one, at at least one of the, one of the partners is. But even in those marriages, there are real problems that are really falling apart. Statistically, uh, around two years and around seven, eight years after marriage are the most frequent times for a divorce. But then there there is another huge bump, 20, 25 years, some, somewhere in there. Every time that one of those long-term marriages ends, you can look back and you can see the warning signs. You can see that it was problems that developed a long time before mm-hmm. that day. It wasn't that either partner woke up one day and say, I don't want to be married anymore. Right. There were things going on. And certainly there are the common issues, you know, money, sex, 
in-laws, unresolved conflict. The problem is not that there is conflict. Every single marriage will have conflict. Every marriage is a union of two sinners. You can't get two people in the same. That, you know, if marriage was limited to non-sinners, there'd be no marriages because there are no non-sinners available. That's right. Um, but when two sinners get together and they do not work on their stuff and they keep things under the surface that aren't dealt with, uh, it, it eventually boils over. You mentioned the kids are out of the house, yeah. Carrie. Yeah. And I think that is a real common one for a number of couples. You know, you, you, you get married, you have kids, you have careers, and your life together becomes about, say, the kids or your career. And right. once the kids are gone, you wake up next to this person, do I know who you are? Do I even like you? And you have mm-hmm. no life together. Right. I do, as I, as I say this, I do want to make very clear that this is not um, judgmental on someone who may be out there right now in a long-term marriage that seems like it's falling apart. It's not that you have, quotes done something wrong. But I also think we need to just be honest that... There are things you can do that will make a difference in whether your long-term marriage survives or doesn't. You know, fi- about um, five years ago, our kids were eighth grade, ninth grade at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My husband was doing something in his real estate business, taking a class or reading a book or something. And he asked me a question. He goes, what's your five-year plan? Mm-hmm. Scared me to death. What's your five-year plan, Carrie? I had just gotten out of college coaching. I was just finding my way as a mom, a wife, you know, finding a new career path. I was like, what? It scared me to my five-year plan. Well, we're going to be empty nesters. And do I like you? You know, right? Like, that's a huge question. And so we made a, a kind of a... A pact, right? Like, we really want, we know we love each other. Okay, it's, de- it's in there, like, all right, we love each other. But do we like each other in a way that we want to spend time with each other every day in meaningful ways when the kids are gone? Yes. Right? And that, y'all, it scared me. And I thought, okay. All right, I got to, I got to, okay, we've got to focus on this. So for the last year or so, we've been saying we're actively practicing being empty nesters, right? (laughs) Because we could see a path, because we've had ups and downs in our marriages. Every marriage does. Every marriage does. And we could see a path that if we didn't focus on it, by the time the kids were gone, we would have called it quits. Mm -hmm. Because we just, it wasn't a focus. You get so focused on other things in your life that your marriage becomes like just kind of this coexisting deal, right? Yep. And so I'm glad he asked me that question. Even though it scared me, I thought it woke us both up a bit. And so you're right. There is a lot of underlying stuff there that tri- that just trips people up because you don't work on it. And I heard you say this in several of your podcasts. <laughs> um, you can't fix your spouse. Yes. How many people write to me? It can be husbands or wives. I hear from both. And if only my spouse would. Ninety-five percent of the initial comments I get from people, if only my spouse would, pay more attention to me, give me more sex, manage the money better, step up and be the spiritual leader in the home. Um, 
talk to me nicer, spend more time with me, whatever it is, if only my spouse would. Friends, uh, news alert, you cannot change your spouse. (laughs) You can't fix them. You can't. Now, your spouse can change, but that is not up to you. Um, I, perhaps more from women will hear this. Um, You know, they're they're trying to look for the set of manipulative tools to make their husband into the person they think he's supposed to be. Mm. Men can get into that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Proverbs calls a contentious wife like a dripping faucet. Mm -hmm. Um, And by this, I I will often say, especially to to married people, consider what's it been like to be married to me? Mm Mm-hmm. You may have been 3% of the issue in the challenges of your marriage. Your spouse may have been 97, 98, 99% of the issues. I do not believe 100% of marriages can be saved, not because of God's limitations, but because both people in the marriage have a vote, and you can only vote for you. But when you vote for you, how are you voting? What's it been like to be married to you? Mm-hmm. If your marriage ends, you will want to look back and know that you did everything in your power mm-hmm. to make the marriage work. Mm-hmm. And if you are only focused on trying to get your spouse to do what you need, want them to do, you're not doing the work in, in your heart. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean your spouse may not be behaving badly. Your spouse may be drug addicted or an alcoholic or being unfaithful, having affairs, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing? How are you managing your own heart and behavior and thoughts? That's where you have control. And, and I say this again, friends, I am not blaming a spouse whose husband or wife may be behaving badly and right. saying you are the fault of your spouse's bad behavior. Absolutely not. No, no. I am only talking about what do you have the ability to do something about? Where do you have agency? Yeah. And what's it been like to be married to me is it's a it's a it's a, a kind of a sobering question. And I think I had asked myself that question at one point, mm-hmm. right? What's it like being married to me? Do I nitpick? Am I just, you know, would I want to be around me? Would do I want to spend want, time with me? Do I want to be around me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Turn those, turn that pointer finger. There's what, three pointing back <laughs> right. at you? Right. Right. And, and Carrie, I, I do want to comment on one other thing that you said, and that is about the five-year plan. I think it's very wise for couples to say to each other, What kind of marriage do we want a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now? Um, And how are we going to work together to get there? As with anything in life, drifting does not get you where you want to go. It Mm -hmm. never does. Mm -hmm. Um, Your bank account doesn't grow if you don't pay attention to it. Your lawn doesn't look pretty if you don't want to pay attention to it. Your physical health, your career, uh, anything will deteriorate without regular investments. Your marriage will too. So what are you going to do to put, um, to to give the input into your relationship that it needs? The fuel, the nourishment, the care. Mm -hmm. Some of that is dealing with the hard stuff. Some of it is dealing with your own heart, giving God permission to do what he wants to do. 
So I, I just I just wanted to comment on that. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think about that old story where, you know, there's a couple in a truck, and it's one of those trucks that has the bench seat in the front, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the the woman is sitting by the window on the passenger side, and the husband's driving, and she's just, you know, well, it's just not like it used to be, and we just don't um, have a connection anymore, and, you know, going on and on and on. And he just looks at her and goes, who moved? Right. Because she used to sit in the middle. Next to him, right? (laughs) Now she's (laughs) scooted over towards the window and who moved? And so, okay, so Dr. Carroll, you know, as we look at this, you know, in a healthy marriage is, like you said, it's just two broken people that are allowing God to be the glue that holds them together. And really, I think that's the key. I mean, that could sum up our, our day together, but right, God has to hold two people together and are there skills that you can learn along the way that will make things a little more successful or that will help us have more success and and in conjunction with that what are some of the warning signs um, that a long-term marriage is in trouble yeah let me start by describing a bit of research that's Oh, maybe 30 years old now, but it is still one of the most powerful um, bodies of research around long-term relationships, what works and what doesn't work. This was done by the Gottmans. The difference between marriages that made it and marriages that didn't was not whether or not they had conflict. Some of the marriages that were very successful, they were fighting like cats and dogs at times. Oh, wow. (laughs) So the, the conflict isn't what makes the difference. But they did define four warning signs that highly predicted the end of the relationship, the end of the marriage. They called these the four horses of the apocalypse because they were so dramatically uh, powerful in negating any health in the relationship. One was stonewalling. Another was defensiveness. Another was criticism. And I'm going to have to look at my notes. I forget the the, the fourth one here. <laughs> <laughs> contempt. Oh, contempt. Contempt okay. mm-hmm. was the other. Um and just a, just a word or two on those. Stonewalling means a problem comes up, my spouse tries to communicate, and I walk away. I refuse mm. to engage. I put up a wall and refuse to deal with the issue. That's stonewalling. Criticism it does not mean refusing to deal with issues. Criticism means you can't win with me. Nothing you do is right. I am mm-hmm. always looking at what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, defensiveness. Anytime an issue comes up, oh, it's not me, always justifying mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then contempt. There's a difference between acknowledging somebody else's bad behavior or even pointing it out when necessary and seeing them with contempt. Contempt Mm. is more at character than it is on behavior. Mm. There's a big difference It's you are a bad person. Now, there are times that people find themselves married to a bad person. Mm -hmm. And I I, I need to acknowledge that. And the way I talk about that is an evil heart. Mm. There are times somebody's heart is evil and you deal with 
a spouse who has an evil heart very differently than a spouse who is broken and wounded, maybe immature, maybe trying hard and not making it. Maybe you just don't like them. That's very different Mm -hmm. than having an evil heart. When somebody has an evil heart, the marriage can become toxic and destructive. Mm -hmm. I believe those are the times that God at times releases someone from a marriage when the marriage is truly destructive. God has not promised you a happy marriage. He hasn't promised you a happy sex life. He hasn't promised that somebody will meet all your needs. But when it crosses the line into becoming toxic and destructive, I do believe that that is when God can say, okay, you, you've done your part. You, you are released from this marriage. And there's a lot of controversy about that. That That is, and, and, and we can talk about that, you know, little or much. But those four horsemen of the apocalypse are really big red flags. Well, I have two really good friends that um, I I firmly believe they're at that toxic state, mm-hmm. right? Um, just, um, you know, stepping out on the marriage, yes. um, uh, you know, with the, the other spouse, you know, really trying to save the marriage and mm-hmm. asking for counseling and all of that. And then an, uh, another couple, um, alcoholism, yep. you know, over and over, you know, trying to get help and then, you know, going, okay, I'm fine. And really, they're not fine. Yep. Um, and it's just, it's destroyed the family, absolutely destroyed the family, destroyed the finances, destroyed the home. Um, and so... You know, I, I I think there does come a point, Dr. Carroll, when God says, you know what, I I am what you need, mm-hmm. okay? It's okay for you to get out of this situation yes. and move forward, and and you can lean on me now, and we've got this, right? I, and it's so hard because you know when you look in the Bible, you're like, okay, Lord, but I thought this was a good person. Yes. I thought I married a good Christian man or yes. a good Christian woman. I thought that's what I was doing, you know, and that's super, super painful. Um, and I, I, that's why I appreciate you so much, Dr. Carroll, is you're not afraid to step into all this, mm. you know, because it's it's hard. And we don't want to admit whenever things are hard. You know, we tend to, like, go in a hole and go, oh, okay, it's fine. Well, no, it's not. So as we – I, I think I, I want to jump into this. Sweet Marlene mentioned this on the way here. Marlene, you you, you and I were talking, and you said something about submissive uh, versus um, – shoot, now I'm forgetting. Submissive – being submissive versus – well – <laughs> I've been quiet, and you I, have think, been quiet. I think I'm everybody sorry. knows I'm that. Dominating but, the conversation. But here. Um, I had a 25 plus year marriage that ended in divorce, and so um, I'm I'm listening listening intently, mm-hmm. but at the same time I'm going yeah, but yeah, but because you do marry. You know, I married very very young um, and very quickly. Um, I thought I was marrying. Um, the Christian hero. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I did. I thought I had had gotten the best on the planet. Um, 
And there were good times, so I don't want to minimize those. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the time when when our daughter was off at college. Those were some of the most fun times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, um, when there was also much that was toxic, and mm-hmm. uh, um, and I will leave that there at least for this for right now. <laughs> Because I, I don't I don't want to villainize anybody, and I don't want sure. to um, uh, minimize the fact that I wasn't perfect, but I tried. I tried very very hard, mm-hmm. and um, but what I found in in counseling uh, was that I was told I was an enabler, mm. and I thought, and it shocked me because I grew up in the church in the day when women were to submit to their husbands, and and that the husband was head of the home, and what he said was really the law and so I spent most of my marriage uh, focused on honoring my husband and submitting to those things even those that I didn't understand and I would pray and ask God to show me God help me adapt uh, help show me how I can be a good wife in something that I'm not entirely comfortable with and um, so when the counselor said well you just enabled him and I went I was just being submissive. No, you enabled him, and I went, and it it, it totally floored me, mm-hmm. and that, and I quickly found, and maybe we can talk about this in a bit, that the church didn't know what to do with single hurting women. Yes, and yes. you know they they tend to put you in a singles class. And all you do is repeat the problem because you you latch on to somebody who you think is going to save you and, and you repeat the problem. I had a different counselor. I had multiple counselors <laughs> who said, no, Marlene, you're too vulnerable right now. So you stay far, far away from men. I, I didn't know it was a lifelong thing, but 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 that's what what he told me. And so, I you know, I focused then on trying to heal and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to cope in this suddenly very foreign, different world. And uh, one thing that I did do that I know was right, I only knew two other single women, one of whom I worked with, and the other was my interior decorator, who I had no personal relationship with other than the fact that she decorated my house. And um, I called them both up and I said, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? And those two women, along with two others they collected, met with me every week for dinner for three and a half years. Mm. And that's how I survived. Mm. That's priceless. And came to God. I mean, came even stronger to God. I mean, it's not that I wasn't a Christian before. I was. But but you have to find God in the pain. Oh, gosh. As well mm-hmm. as in the triumphs. That's and, a whole. And I was in a lot of pain at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, something you've illustrated, Marlene, that I think is important. If you are in a toxic marriage, leaving will not solve all your pain. It will hurt. Leaving will hurt. But sometimes that is the necessary pain to heal if remaining will continue to wound you more. Well, I finally realized I was um, I was on a downward spiral, and I was either going to live or die. Yes. And I also realized I wasn't teaching my daughter anything about what a marriage is supposed to be like, or how a husband is supposed to treat a wife. Mm. And um, and so um, and I will say this: um, 
he called and asked if he could come home, and this was after multiple repeated coming home and leaving, coming home and leaving, coming home and leaving. And I said on two conditions, and I knew he did not like rules. Um, but I said, you have to pray and ask God how to heal your marriage, and you have to commit to that marriage and not leave again. And he said, no, no conditions. And that's when I knew it was really over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick comment about the submission. Um, my mother went through a similar situation. So my heart uh, bleeds with you, Mar- Marlene, uh, uh, about that. The submission uh, dictum in Paul has been twisted. It doesn't mean that God's order of things is not the husband is head of the home and the wife um, uh, sees him as her leader. But when that is twisted to voice damaging activities, behaviors, thought processes, micromanipulation and control on women or anyone, that is not a God. It's it's evil taking what God intended for good and twisting it to evil. God does not use manipulation and control in his economy. He does not manipulate or control us. Mm-hmm. And the husband is to mm-hmm. model the way he behaves as Christ. And so that, it, yeah. Oh, that, that, I got to write that down in the break, friends. Um, Dr. Carol Tanksley is here with us on Love Talk. Thank you, Marlene. Um, and we have another segment with Dr. Carol, uh, but we need to take a break and acknowledge our sponsors. Friends, uh, stay with us because we'll be back with Dr. Carol right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkgater in studio with the amazing Marlene McMichael. Marlene, thank you so much for sharing um, a part of you that is is so hard to talk about, I know, for you. And I really appreciate that. And I know that your story and your journey can really be inspirational to many out there listening. And so I really Thank you for that. Uh, I think you've been on our program now being a co-host of Love Talk for over a year. And I just really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I shared my testimony on this program for the first time after I'd been on the program for about three or four years. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. So <laughs> I appreciate that um, because when we expose the the just raw and hard parts of our lives, it's, it's, it is healing. But it's also... Um, you know, we have to go back there for a minute. Well, we do. And and uh, that was difficult to share because, again, I um, I don't want to vilify sure. anybody. But at the same time, I want people to know that um, bad things happen to in life. They just mm-hmm. they just happen. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, God's closeness that heals. And what I can say is that in the darkest darkness, God was there. Mm-hmm. And um, he never left me because I was constantly seeking him mm-hmm. and during that process. And so that's the hope to those that are in that darkness right now is God can be there for you. But you have to ask him there. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. seek him and you have to be mm-hmm. uh, leaning on to him as you go through the darkness and the pain that you're experiencing. Mm. Oh, thank you, Marlene. I really appreciate that. And just the way that you've described to me how you have felt the presence of God all over you 
in your darkest times. Um, that's just, um, it, it just shows us even more how much our Savior loves us. He just fiercely loves us. And um, so, Dr. Carol, you you have designed uh, five ways that we can pray for our troubled marriages. Mm. Walk us through those. Yes. The first of these five ways I think everybody will resonate. It's just Jesus, help. (laughs) (laughs) Help! Marlene's in there. I call that the foxhole prayer. (laughs) I I start with that because it's real. Mm -hmm. Think about the Psalms. How Mm. often in the Psalms did David or the other psalmist say something like that? Jesus, help! Mm -hmm. Um, You cannot go through something like a troubled marriage on your own. And so Jesus' help just means you you need him in. You invite him into the middle of your really messy circumstances. Friends, he wants to be. He wants to be invited in. He will not force himself in. I'm reminded reminded of the scripture, um, Revelation 3.20, knock and, you know, I stand at the door and knock. Mm-hmm. Anybody who invites me in, I will come in and, and, and eat with him. There's a very well-known painting that people in my generation saw, and I don't know if our, our listeners have seen this, but it's Jesus at the door mm-hmm. knocking. If you notice in that painting, there's no doorknob on the outside of the door. You have to open the door to your heart from the inside mm-hmm. and let him in. He wants to come in, but you must invite him in. So the first one, Jesus, help. Part two, Jesus, what's going on here? (laughs) His perspective can often be so enlightening and, and freeing. That perspective can be in any number of categories. It may be your spouse has an evil heart. Sadly, that can be what's going on here. There can be others. It can be, you guys never learned how to love well. The templates of marriage and relationships and intimacy and communication and handling conflict in your brain, you came into this without understanding what you needed to understand, so you need to learn some things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what's going on here can be a matter of spiritual warfare. How much the enemy would love to destroy marriages and families because they demonstrate some critically important things about God in the world. And if he can make those messed up, Mm -hmm. well, it's the picture of God that gets messed up. Mm -hmm. Number three, Lord, show me my spouse's heart. Ooh. Ooh, that's a hard one. Yes, it is. And uh, I've alluded to, yeah, sometimes that can be evil, but it isn't always. Sometimes it's their heart is wounded. Yeah. Some Nobody wakes up one day and decides, I'm going to mess up my life and the life of everybody I love. Now, they may be, but mm. they got wounded somewhere. And so what are the what's the architecture in your spouse's heart? Are they acting out of revenge or spite Or maybe they're acting out of their own brokenness and wounds from their family of origin, from stuff that happened to them with trauma, who knows what. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's immaturity. My spouse never was taught the things that 
make for a good relationship. Mm. Jesus, show me my spouse's heart. Mm. You may guess the fourth one. Jesus, show me my heart. Mm. That might be even harder. Mm. <laughs> when right. Jesus when Jesus looks at your heart, as well as your spouse's heart, but he sees everything that's gone into where you are now. Every one of us has been sinned against. We have all been hurt, sometimes currently in the marriage, but sometimes before that, mm-hmm. family of origin, previous relationships, you know, various trauma or whatever. We have accumulated wounds. We have been sinned against, and we have also sinned mm-hmm. in response. What has happened to you, and what have you done in response? Jesus sees all of that with both honesty and deep compassion. Mm-hmm. There's nothing unseen when Jesus looks at your heart. You need to see your heart, how he sees you. And if you imagine Jesus being in the room with you and looking at your heart, what's the look on his face? I would I would imagine it would be deep compassion. Mm-hmm. If you read any of the vignettes in the Gospels about how Jesus interacted with hurting people, deep, deep compassion mm-hmm. and That makes new steps possible. When you experience Jesus seeing you with compassion, it's that, okay, I can do the next step. And that's the last one, number five. Jesus, what next step do you need me to take? Who do you need me to be right now? Maybe that means I need to learn some new skills. Maybe that means I need to learn to set boundaries. Maybe that needs to learn... I need to forgive. Maybe it means taking my grubby hands off so that God can deal with my spouse. And there are times it means walk away. Mm. What next step do you need me to take? Mm. So I, I this this term gets thrown around a lot, Dr. Carol, the, the boundaries. Mm. Right. Can you can you explain to me what, what you mean by that? Boundaries, setting boundaries. What you will allow into your life, home, heart, mind, body, experience, I get to decide. I am not going to allow somebody to use my body in a way that harms me, but that they want to. I get to decide I am not going to allow drug addiction or alcoholism in the home where I live. I am not going to allow disparaging of Christ in my home, whatever it is, I get to decide. Now, you can set boundaries to punish. That is not the purpose of boundaries. Boundaries are to make further relationship possible. Boundaries is not what I am asking the other person to do. Boundaries is about deciding what I will do. Alcoholism. I am choosing not to live with an alcoholic. You will go to AA three times a week starting this week, or you will have to leave my home. I do not choose to live with someone who is an alcoholic. Then you can decide whether you want to live within those boundaries or not. But I will not live with somebody who is abusing alcohol. That's one example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that helps. That helps. Because, that, you know, you hear that term yeah. thrown around quite a bit. And I guess... Some people might see that as selfish, Dr. Carroll. Well, Jesus experienced, but Jesus expressed boundaries. God has boundaries with us. These are the terms 
under which you can come close to me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes through the Father except mm-hmm. through me. That There's is how no you other come. Way. Exactly. That's a boundary. This Ha-ha. is a parameter Look at, that. at which you can be close to me. Wow. So he's the precedent there mm-hmm. for... Mm-hmm. Okay, that's this really, really interesting. So these five steps, I, I mean, this is amazing. Marlene, you know, I hearing your story, I know that, that you you followed these steps. You really did. Unbeknownst to you, these were the five things you did. You cried out to the Lord. You said, Lord, help me. I I need your help. You said, What's going on here? I need you to reveal. And um and he did. You said, show me my spouse's heart, show me my heart. And, you know, you really searched your own heart, Marlene, because you you kind of thought, I, I, I mean, you, you really searched your heart. I did in that um, I believe that we could recover from this, mm-hmm. um, that we would have such a testimony of reconciliation yeah. and, and, and strong marriage. Um but at the same time, um, I mean, as long as I held on and as long as I believed that, um, things weren't changing. Right. And, um, you know, and, and Dr. Carroll, you're talking about boundaries. I can't even, in the environment that I lived in, I can't imagine mm. that because boundaries were rules as far as uh our relationship and so um you know i'm looking back to as you're as you were talking Mm. i was thinking back to what the counselor had been telling me and i'm just like oh my god i i guess i did enable but unknowingly but Uh, you did set a boundary you said at the end end, and and he wasn't willing to do that and that was it for you you said okay well then i I yeah, see that now. Was, you have to understand that was after years, years, two and a half years of knowing what was happening, and then um, and trying to to be patient, to 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 reconcile, to all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, again, God was with me the entire time. Sure. There were, uh, and and I know this may scare some people, but there were times when I woke up in the middle of the night and I sensed an evil presence at the foot of my bed. Yes. But most, that was one or two times. Mm-hmm. But most of the time uh, when I was in the darkness, uh, there was always God's presence. Mm. And um, and there were times when I was just uh, blown away with the fact that I should be really upset and, and cry my eyes out, and I had peace. Mm. So mm. God is God is very special. He is. Dr. Carol, how do our listening friends find you? Mm. Dr. com. D-R-C-A-R-O-L ministries.com. <laughs> we have a special relationships page there. Mm-hmm. com slash relationships. We also have a podcast page there. You mentioned the podcast yes, at the beginning so of our great. show, Relationship Prescriptions. And we talk about all things uh, you know, there. Relationship with your own heart, relationship with spouse, relationships with singles. I'm single now since my husband passed away. So we, we deal with all of those kinds of things, sexuality and intimacy. And most deeply, relationship with God. 
And I love my weekly email from Dr. Carol is just a topic that in some way affects your life. And um, it's a beautiful read. She's so insightful, so amazing. I encourage you to go to her website, get involved. The emails will start coming. And if you need help, contact Dr. Carol. Mm. She is an amazing counselor. She's an amazing voice of of reason and who loves the Lord and who desperately wants um, your life life to be filled with his goodness and his glory. Dr. Carol, we thank you, friends. We love you. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. Oh, we have 20 seconds. I was like, boo, boo. I was going. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit more. Again, Dr. Carol's um, podcast, Relationship Prescriptions, our podcast, Love Talk Radio, all one word, Love Talk. You can find us on the same podcast, Spotify, Apple, all the things. You can find us all there. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Again, we are the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater for my beautiful co-host, Marlene McMichael, and our wonderful guest, Dr. Carol Tanksley. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.